Welcome to We Got Balls, real, raw, masculine sex talk with Chris Inman and Scott Cohn. Chris and Scott both work with men who want to leave their unwanted sexual struggles in the past. They are willing to do whatever it takes to help men get curious about what drives their compulsive sexual behavior. With that said, here we go. Well, hey, Scott, glad to be back with you. We have a great topic today. And, you know, I'm a big movie guy. I love movies. And one of my favorite movies growing up was this movie called The Birdcage. I don't know if you know anything about that. Oh, yeah, um, with uh, Robin Williams and... Yeah, I see, I, see, I can't remember his name here. It was Nathan Lane. Nathan Lane and Robin Williams were in that movie. And it also kind of had the foils, was uh, a couple other, you know, old Hollywood actors. But there's a scene in the birdcage where everybody's sitting down to dinner and they have these bowls. And one of the characters looks at the bowls and goes, what's going on with these bowls? They're so interesting. And it was gay pornography it was two boys having sex and they're like oh no no it, they must be boys playing leapfrog or you know oh and there was this whole comic foil around they're trying to hide because secretly nathan lane and robin williams they're a gay couple but they don't want to be presented as a gay couple in the in the context of the movie but it's this idea it's a it's a hilarious go look it up on youtube it's a hilarious interchanges oh there must be girls i see some girls it says no dear i promise you those are boys i've seen boys before and that's what boys look like but that's like you know when we talk about gay porn we're talking about something that's as old as time i mean it goes all the way back to greek and roman days it's it's been in, in our culture for millennia and so I think it's, you know, it's a topic that needs to be discussed because it's a it's a big section of what people are looking for when they're looking for for pornography online. So, you know, what are some of the common reasons that guys would seek out gay porn? Well, um, that's a good question. I, I think my personal feeling on it is if you if you go back to kind of our fantasy structure and understanding how sexual arousal and sexual fantasy are driven. First of all, there's the um, visual sexual interest cues. Like, yeah, yeah, what is it about the human body that turns me on? And we've talked about this uh, numerous times that penises are arousing to all men. So mm. in gay porn, that's what you have. It's 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 a wiener fest, right? It's penises multiplied sausage yeah, party, sausage, sausage party. <laughs> and so um, that's going to be arousing um, I think there's a general curiosity with a lot of guys just like, you know, maybe they watched a lot of um, guy on girl porn and mm -hmm. they kind of are looking for something a little more exciting. So there there again is that psychological component of novelty tends yes. to drive yes. some of this. So I want something new that's a little more kind of up in the ante. Um, there's the taboo of it, like men are not supposed to have sex with men. So if I watch gay porn, I'm not only exposing myself to penises and novelty, but I'm doing something that I shouldn't be doing, right? This is right. transgressive. So there's the naughty factor, the transgressiveness that makes it a little more thrilling. And, you know, then we talk about uh, repetition, which is another psychological or even a narrative based kind of thing is if I've been sexually abused and mm. I've been sexually abused as a man, mm. 18 to one, I will have been abused by another man. Wow. Wow. That's the figures. And here's the other startling figure. About a third, maybe to 35% of men worldwide, Chris, about a third of men have been sexually abused by the time they reach their 18th birthday. 
Wow, that's a huge so, number. Huge. I mean, it's it's unbelievable, right? But in in our culture, um, there's these assumptions about males and sexuality. Like we're always supposed to be ready for sex. If I get an erection, that means I wanted sex, and you know, I'm supposed to be independent, and I'm not supposed to be a victim of anything, mm-hmm. and I'm definitely not supposed to be a victim of a sexual um, a, abuse incident mm-hmm. from another male because mm-hmm. to get aroused sexually by what another male is doing to me, that means I'm gay. So there's all of these factors yeah. that go into, I think, creating um, a situation where you've got a lot of guys that have been sexually abused. Most of their abusers were other men. And what impact is that going to have on the development of my arousal template going forward? I can tell you it's going to shape it in a way that maybe you don't want it to be shaped that way but you're going to keep going back to that in a subconscious way to kind of deal with the debris and the wreckage of those abusive experiences. So those just off the top of my mind, those, those are some of the reasons why I think somebody would be drawn to gay porn. So I'm hearing novelty, of course, I'm hearing, you know, the, the eroticization of abuse and is so common when the the traumatic things happen in our lives, we actually take those and reverse those or replicate those to find an ownership, a, a kind of a power over in that through what we're looking for sexually. I mean, there, there, there's so much there. And then even the, this aspect of shame. I mean, this is this is what I don't want to be. And yet this is the things that I've experienced. And this is the things that turn me on. And so there's so much so much of the. Um, just the messiness of this process in talking about gay porn, right? So, so let's talk about that because I really didn't address that issue. So what happens if you're like the 20, let, let's say that I've seen statistics that show that, you know, guys who identify as same-sex attracted or they're using gay porn as kind of their primary fantasy template, about 80% of them experience sexual abuse growing up. So yeah. what about the other 20%? Where does their attraction to um, male-on-male sex come from? Let, so it's not abuse. It's not coming from sexual abuse. Where is it coming from? What if it's coming from feeling kind of um, damaged in your own masculine identity, not having mm. a solid bond that develops mm. with your father as a little boy, feeling kind of out on the outskirts, looking yep. in on what other boys are doing because you're maybe not very sporty or you're not you don't feel like you have this uh, the atypical masculine kind of temperament. And so you feel isolated, you feel alone. How are you going to want to repair that from a sexual fantasy standpoint? Because that creates a lot of psychological pain to feel like I'm a male, but I don't feel like I belong. How I often repair that then is to go to the opposite end of that. Mm. So I'm going to want to seek to connect sexually with other men because it reverses my feeling of pain from being ostracized and not Mm. belonging. So I'm going to fantasize about oh, yeah, masturbating with another guy or having oral sex with another guy, that seems very connected to me because I've never had that kind of connection. Or maybe maybe I even was more of a sensitive guy growing up and yeah. I'm soft-spoken and I have more female mannerisms because I didn't have a dad in the picture. So all my modeling is coming from my mom, but I get this consistent message from other people. Are you gay? Are you gay? Are you a little yeah. girl? And there's this bullying and this constant haranguing about how I present myself to the world. And all of that is damaging. And that's where I've seen these patterns that emerge in guys' lives that really are drawn to gay porn is there's a lot of harm. 
mm. around their identity, mm. around their sexuality, around who they are as a man. Mm. And they end up going to gay porn out of a sense of trying to repair something that's really missing, you know, from my, my own sense of masculinity or that repetition that we talked about as well. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is heavy stuff. I mean, everything we talk about is heavy stuff, but I think, you know, I want to give this a, a special weight just because it, it is so much tied to the identity of who I am. I'm trying to figure out through my sexuality, through my arousal template, what does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to be accepted by other men? What does it mean to be lovable in, in a masculine culture? And so much of that kind of is wrapped around this gay porn idea. And inter interestingly enough, I think there's one aspect in the research that really kind of highlights this. Now, what is it in, in the research that said is kind of the most searched term, searched idea in gay porn? Well, the, the top category of pornography for gay identified men is straight porn. They watch men having sex with women. Wow. And... And then the other subgenre under that is straight guys that through some kind of means, whether it's hypnotism or some kind of magical fantasy force or, you know, some some or trickery or gets, or or gay for pay or gay <laughs> like, for I'll give pay, you some money. But, yeah. But but that's not that's not very fantasy driven. The fantasy yeah. is that the straight guy gets somehow tricked or seduced into having sex with another guy. Yes. And those categories of porn are the most popular. Why is that? Mm. Because men that are attracted sexually or aroused sexually by other men are drawn to a man's masculinity. Mm. Okay. They're, they're drawn to what it is about that guy that seems to be missing from my life. And that's what mm. I want to, if, if I don't feel like I belong as a man, mm. my first developmental goal that has not yet been achieved is to feel like a man embody, yeah. like I embody yeah. masculinity. I got to feel that way because I am a man. Mm. But if there's, there's a disconnect within myself about embracing who I feel like as a man, I'm going to want to make sure that that thing gets repaired first. And so often, because again, that's a big source of pain we go to intense and immediate pleasure to overcome that. So this fantasy about connecting with the straight guy, that's the state, that's the core fantasy mm. of, of men who are sexually drawn to men is if I could just get that guy's masculinity or if I can just get him to want me or desire me, yeah. that makes me worthy. Right? Yeah. Think about, think about how our identity forms in the first place. Yeah. You know, our masculine identity and this is pretty well documented. Um, when a little girl is born or a little boy is born, their caregiver for the first 18 months of their life is their mother. Mm. But for a female to develop a feminine identity, uh, children go through this first phase of, of, of identity development is called individuation. They see mm -hmm. themselves as the same as their mother. And over that 18 months, they begin to pull away and see themselves as a separate individual. That's what individuation is. Right. is I'm a me and she's a she. So when a little girl begins to pull away and individuate, she's pulling away from that kind of that deep uh, relational attachment bond with her mother to establish herself as a independent female, but she doesn't have to reject her mother's gender. Mm. For a little boy, however, they have to go through this transition where they not only pull away to individuate, but then to 
develop their masculine identity, they have to somewhat reject their mother's femininity and bond with their father's masculinity. And that mm. stage is where gender development occurs between 18 months and around three to five years of age. So if there's a disruption in that gender development process, if a little boy doesn't have a dad in his life or his dad is a hostile figure or his mom is a very clingy, you know, suffocating kind of a meshed mother, um, he's going to have a hard time making that transition. That is why research shows there's far more gay identified or, or uh, same sex attracted men in the world than there are lesbians. It's mm. it's a multiple of like three or four times more. Why is that? Because this transition from boy to man to masculine man is not a given. It's a difficult yeah. transition to make because of that rejecting of the mother's sex, embracing the father's gender identity. And sometimes there's a lot of disruption that occurs in that. And so that creates kind of the setting ground then for how my arousal template's going to develop to try to repair that thing, that developmental need that has really never been achieved yet. And I think it's important to say, just as just as you're, you know, going through this, obviously, you know, we're not talking about biology. There's there's a whole other conversation around biology and and being effeminate or not effeminate or, you know, whatever you are. But I think when we do the these research and look into arousal template, what Scott was talking about has a lot of scientific basis to it that that human development and human sexuality are very closely linked. And the way that I develop and grow up as a child will point me toward the things that I am turned on by sexually. And so I think it's it's just it's just one of those pieces that there's still a ton of research to do and still a ton of learning to do. We're not saying that we have all the answers, but I think it's important to consider that because, you know, th there is an experience that that men have as they come sexually of age and they haven't had that masculine development, you know, what, what are guys, Scott, what are guys who are looking at gay porn, looking at these, I mean, there's a whole bunch of genres of gay porn and we're not going to go into all the details of it, but what experience are they looking for when they're seeking out these images and these acts that are being portrayed for them on screen? Well, a lot of the common settings are very kind of common masculine environments. So if you mm. just look at how the storylines kind of develop, a lot of it is around initiation. So you'll have a, yep. an older man initiating a younger man. And, you know, those scenarios can be like the older guys working in the garage, fixing a car and the younger guy comes in, teenage guy, and they end up the older guy basically initiates him into manhood by having sex with him. Okay. Or it's a coach and a player in a locker room, right? Mm. And there's that desire for connection. So there's this kind of, that that is that father-son yeah. dynamic that's trying to be worked out in a lot of those fantasy scenarios. That That's one. And then the other one would be kind of brotherhood. So a lot of, a common theme is guys all the same age, maybe they're on the football team and they're, mm. you know, jacking off together or, or they're, having an encounter in the shower after the game or something like that. So you see a lot of these common themes around how the sexual experience develops. And it's all in these traditional kind of male environments. And a yeah. lot of kind of what are traditionally seen as masculine role models, you know, you, you look at the village people, if you're, if you're old enough to remember them, YMCA, you know, all that, yeah, yeah. but look at the 
look at the archetypal masculine people that are in there, policeman, military guy, Indian, right. cowboy. These are all masculine archetypes that you see in gay porn, particularly um, because those are seen as really kind of stereotypical for what a real man is like. So again, so, it's about that idea of connecting with real masculinity. Um, when you look at the popularity of where viewership is on gay porn, it's not on drag queens. It's not yeah. on your feminine types of men because, and in fact, this is an interesting thing. That we, um, I don't know if we've talked about this yet, but uh, main mainline porn sites like Pornhub will feature as their thumbnail clips for additional videos that you might want to watch transsexual porn. So transsexual porn is uh, breasts on top, penis on the bottom, chick with a dick is yeah. the vernacular. So who watches uh, tranny porn or shemale porn? Uh, straight guys, use? probably, right? Straight guys. Yeah, yeah. Right? And m most guys that identify same-sex or gay, gay identified will not watch that kind of porn because yeah. why? There's nothing masculine about a man with breasts and a penis. Right. But to straight guys, that stuff is like catnip because it's combining two visual cues for sexual interest, breasts and penis. Yeah. And it's doing it in a novel way and it seems yeah. very taboo. And so, it's often it's often kind of like hidden. It's like you don't know is this a girl or 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 not. You know, she she presents herself or the the the, the actor presents themselves as being very feminine, and then well, bang, here comes the dick. It just whips whoa. out. <laughs> but it's kind of this resignation that once you get to, I mean, I think that's how for straight guys they can be attracted into gay porn is because a the novelty and. You know, I've watched all this other stuff. What else can I see? Okay, let me try this. And, I, and I'll say this just to be a little vulnerable. When things were most difficult for me in my life, you know, I had in my mind that I needed sex no matter what. That was one of the lies I used to tell myself, that sex was a need. And if I didn't get it. And so I wrote a, a journal article about why I can understand how a straight guy would go fantasize about acting out with guys. Because it's easier to have sex with another man, but by, by and large, uh, and we can get into that in another discussion than it is to hook up with a woman. Oh, dude, so, that's a whole, that is a whole podcast in and of itself because yeah. there are a lot of different reasons why a guy would have sex with a guy. And here's the fascinating thing is a lot of guys do have sexual experiences with other guys, even as adults. Yeah. yeah. And I know a number of them where because of their sexual addiction and their acting out patterns, they got to a point where, the standard thing wasn't working for them. They'd be in an adult bookstore and a guy would knock on the viewing booth and boom, they're allowing a guy to perform oral sex on them. And they never had a sexual experience with another man. And, so it, and it just, it just takes that one time to kind of cross over the threshold of, well, I mean, this is something, I mean, that's kind of, we, uh, we use the word degradation in the concept of, of sexual arousal. But when you kind of say, well, I'll never watch this or I'll never experience this. And you have that experience and you go to that site and you watch that and you see it and you're like, I feel like, like shit, but I normally feel like shit when I, when I watch porn, here we go. Here's a new yeah. category for me. Yeah. So that, that's been the fascinating thing. And even, um, there is a, um, a psychologist named Lisa Diamond, who uh, used to teach at Cornell. I don't, I'm not sure where she is now, but she's got several videos online about sexual fluidity. Mm. And, you know, she has documented in a, in a very conservative state like Utah. She did a survey of adult males and she said in the past year, 
have you done any of the following? Uh, 25% of the, the males that she asked who identify as straight said that they had fantasized about a sexual experience with a male friend. 24% had watched gay porn. 9% of these men had had sex with other men. These are straight identified men. So it's not, 9% is like three times the percentage of the population that identifies as gay. Like three and a half percent is the average population that identifies as gay typically. Males who identify as gay, right? Males who identify as gay. Now the younger generation, like millennials, that number is increasing substantially because of maybe social acceptance or maybe it's just more, it's being promoted more. And, and frankly, I think pornography is kind of indoctrinating guys yeah. to be sexually aroused by penises because when you're watching straight porn all the time, you're watching a guy with a penis have sex with a woman. You yep. can't help but have that impact your arousal template. You can tell me all you want. I don't find that arousing. But why are you watching a video with a guy with a big penis then? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's that joke of, well, when you're watching the guy, do you prefer guys with small little penises or big penises? And the answer is always big penis. Then you're being aroused by the- I love I love a nub. I'm a big fan of the no, I'm just joking. That's stupid. No, I mean, first of all, it's hard to film. Second of all, it gets back to that masculinity piece is I see this guy that I want to be like. Yep. I, I see this identification of myself as well, I'm not enough of a man, but I can become a man. Yeah. So yeah, so I mean, in this in this idea of identifying as as masculine, I mean, there's there's so many pieces in that. And I think when we when we talk about gay porn, especially with guys, there really is an aspect of this that is it's always going to be there. I mean, there's there's always going to be an eroticization of the male form because I want to experience that strength, power, vitality, potency in 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 a, a male uh, in, in in another man, and I think that piece right there. We, we can't look at gay porn and just dismiss it and say, well, that's for those people over there. I'm not, I, I don't struggle with that or that's not my problem. It really gives us a lot of truth about the power and meaning behind sexual arousal. Yeah. And when you look at, again, when you look at the, the different genres of gay porn that are really popular in terms of viewership, it's all about masculine primary and secondary sexual cues. So you've got, Uh, Guys with big penises is the big one. Masculine, Mm -hmm. they present themselves as very confident. You know, like, I know Mm -hmm. what I'm doing. I'm in charge. They're powerful. And then they're ripped. They look like superheroes. They've got six-pack abs, big chests, you know, muscular butts. So it's all of those visual cues that are really signaling, hey, this is a manly man. And sometimes it's really hairy guys. You've got a whole genre on bears and you know, yep. bears and otters, which is hairy guys. Bears are burly. Otters are sleek. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so, you know, you've but all of these yeah. things are real visual signals of masculinity. And then the psychological yeah. signals of being really confident, really dominant, really aggressive. Right. And and um, and you're right. In a lot of ways, guys kind of gravitate to this because. Men, again, there's this cultural belief that men are always ready for sex and Mm -hmm. kind of it's kind of opportunistic. Right. So, yeah. But also, I think it's been it's been kind of um, ingrained. It's like this. Well, boys will be boys. And so, you know, everything kind of is is, is on the table. And rather than understanding and, and being compassionate about it, it's just kind of dismissed as well. 
that's just men are just horn dogs rather than saying this is an expression of our desires and feelings and emotions that we were struggling to communicate. Yeah. So that's a, that's a really interesting thing. So we talked about how brotherhood, this idea of either fatherhood or brotherhood, it really becomes a part of this. All men need brothers, right? Yeah. Yeah. And one of the most common things that I see in the guys that I coach, and maybe you do too, is that as men, their first sexual experience was with their brother or with Mm. a friend who showed Mm. them how to masturbate. Mm -hmm. And so masturbation, group masturbation or masturbating with another guy becomes kind of a core fantasy Mm. of how guys tend to see bonding occurring because that Mm -hmm. was their growing up experience. And frankly, that was, that was mine too. So one of my core fantasies um, that I had was, you know, masturbation videos of guys either masturbating or guys masturbating as a group didn't have to necessarily be with each other because that was so much of my middle school and even into high school experience with my Mm. friends. And that occurred Mm. over different, you know, I lived in different cities. I had different friends, but there was this common way of connecting in a very vulnerable and a very uh, intimate way. Yeah. And I'm not advocating that guys should go out as teenagers and masturbate with their friends, but I did that and I didn't feel a lot of shame about it. And neither did my friends and they never struggled with same sex attraction. That was never a a battle that they fought, but they never struggled with shame about doing that. So there are these common kind of, I would call them normal kind of adolescent experiences where a lot of guys do that activity. And so one of the things they may be looking for in their game, gay porn um, usage is I'd like to go back and repeat that time of where Mm. I felt really bonded and connected with other guys because I don't have any friends. Look, we know there's an epidemic of masculine loneliness in this country. Guys, particularly in their 40s and 50s, have no friends, none outside of their work environment. And that has tremendous deleterious effects on both mental and physical health long term. And Harvard has documented this in the longest study of male health and happiness. So friendship, I think a lot of is what's shown in a lot of gay porn, but in a very distorted way. And it may be a way that's reminiscent of how I experienced friendship growing up. So my arousal template is built upon friendship and sex kind of merging together. Yeah. And if you want to get out of that situation, if you want to stop using that kind of porn, obviously there's a lot of shame around that because of societal and even religious messages around same-sex sexual experiences. But if you want to get out of it, the way to get out of it is not to start shaming yourself uh, and hating yourself about it, but it's actually get curious about what is it that's missing in my life that I'm looking for here? Because a lot of it is just about, I just want intimate connection with other dudes. You know, I just want to know that I'm seen as worthy of belonging to the tribe and other guys want me to be a part of the tribe and I'm being pursued and I have fellowship. And, and that ex- that experience of love and connection is at the heart of porn, the, the search for porn itself and the human experience. And I think, you know, no matter your flavor of ice cream, as I like to talk about uh, sexual arousal templates, I mean, everybody's got a different flavor of ice cream, right? No matter your flavor of ice cream, I'm, I'm wanting to be seen, known and loved and touched and to belong and all those human needs that, that we all long for. So I would just extend the invitation that Scott just said, if, if this is where you are and this is a place that you're really wrestling with, you're not a bad person. 
you, you, you don't deserve to just be shamed and shunned and, and ostracized. You want to be a human being. And you've just used this method to substitute for the real healthy human connection that you were designed for. And one of the ways that we can begin to really connect is by engaging with other people who will see us and love us and be with us, especially other men in this situation, and tell our stories and begin to do that narrative work, which is so essential. Because I've seen guy after guy after guy come in and tell a story about struggling in this area and 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 being shaming themselves hating themselves for watching gay porn and masturbating to it and they they get a healthy masculine connection where yeah there's hugs and 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 handshakes and and time around the fire but there's most of all there's a true non-consumptive love that's the one thing that i see in all porn including gay porn we're just consuming other people in our pain and so we want you to move beyond that. Any thoughts on that, Scott? Yeah, I mean, if what you're looking for, I guess the way I would put it this way is God created us to um, experience delight, both mm. to bring it to other people and delight in goodness to other people and to mm. receive it from other people. And that brings God glory when we do that. Yeah. And so my question to you is, if you're using gay porn, how is this maybe an echo of how God created you to bring delight and goodness to other men and experience that from other men? How might this be showing that in a way that's just kind of gotten off track and be kind to yourself and be curious about when did this start in my life? And what do I really have right now in terms of male friendship and male connection? And maybe is that really what I'm looking for? Because so often it is and the pain of not having that we're going to go to pleasure to try to reverse that. So it makes complete sense in the logic of fantasies to use this particular genre of porn when I've got a lot of male loneliness in my life. So, um, so be that's curious that, and kind. Yeah, be curious and kind. And that's the challenge. Uh, next time, if you're a religious person, go to your pastor or priest and say, I would like you to preach a sermon on gay porn and God's delight. <laughs> and, uh, and see what their face what their reactions and then you can share this podcast with them because you know that's that's what it's here for is to be a to be a lightning rod to invite people into curiosity so we look forward to sitting with you the next time hope you've enjoyed this hope it's beneficial to you and we'll talk to you soon take care scott bye don't forget to subscribe for more episodes you can connect with chris at pornfreemasculinity.com and with scott at successfulmen.com